0: Greetings, and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and I have the honor of studying Sefer Devarim with you. In this podcast, we're going to look at Devarim Amin Bet Peragimel, which has a momentous mention uh, at the beginning of it, and then approximates to a great degree the sixth chapter of Melachim Aleph, and parts of it. Vayachel Shlomo noted Beit Adonai Shlomo began to construct the house to Hashem, the house of Hashem in Rishalayim. Uh This is picking up from all the preparations we saw at the end of Aleph, which David set in motion before his death and then Shlomo's uh, really getting everything started at the beginning of his rule uh, and now we find that he begins to actually build the house Vahar HaMoriah Vahar uh, probably must be translated in light of Rezhi Chafet as the mountain in the land of Moriah uh, as we know Hashem told Avram to go to the land of Moriah and bring up Yitzchak for an olah. however that may be interpreted, uh, on one of the mountains that he shows him there and so we traditionally understand that to be Har HaMoriah, meaning the, la- the mountain in the land of Moriah this is the first time that we hear Devarim Aleph Bet Per Gimel Pasuk Aleph is the first time that we hear the Makom HaMikdash is being associated with Har a an association that uh, for us is a traditional one uh, but this is where it begins Asher le david Avihu Now notice the connection with Har Moriah is never made in Tanakh here in relation to the Mikdash with the place of the Akedah but rather called Moriah Asher Al David Avihu the place where Hashem appeared before David at the end of the plague about the census and uh, the Malach was there and that's where David was told to build the Mizbeach and that would be the Makom HaMikdash uh, important note that's not the place that David brought the Aron to the Aron was much closer to David's palace um, in the city itself uh, important to note here that, um, the name Moriah, both in, um, in, uh, Breshid and here, is a word play off of the word Ro'eh, which is a key word in the Parsha of the Akedah, and here it's a direct, uh, play, a direct midrashim, HaR Hara Moriah, David Avihu. And it directly connects to that passage in the Akedah, where Avraham names the place Adonai Yireh, as people say today, Bahar Adonai Yireh. Take a look at the Ibn Ezra there for some of the difficulties of the chronology of that Pasuk, or the time of that Pasuk. In any case, Asher B'Imkom David, Ornan Hayavusi. That this is the place that David had prepared and established at the granary of Ornan HaYivusi. We read about that much earlier in Devarim Aleph, and of course that is the passage at the very end of say, Shmuel. So it was the second day of the second month, the month that we call E.R. In Sefer Melachim, we're just told that it's the second month of his fourth year. We're going into more and more detail here. And the following is what Shlomo built, as to found the place. They've noted Beit amot seems to mean the original measure of an amma which we would call the Yama uh, HaBenonit, that the length of the building was Amot Shishim, 60 Amot, 60 Amot, sorry, Amot 60 by 20. That's the Hechal itself. Ve'ha'ulam, asher HaOrech, the Ulam, the vestibule, which follows all of the length, Alplei Abayit, Amot it's another 20 Amot out, which means now the entire building is going to be 80. The entire the height of the entire building is 120. It's very high. And the inside of the vestibule of the ulam is is um, uh, is uh, coated or wall paneled with uh, with gold. The house itself, meaning the heichal, he covered with juniper wood. Panelled byppe zahav tov and then covered that with gold. And that he covered it with images of palm trees and of chains by itself the and then he covered over that um, uh, with precious jewels to for glory za zahav parvaim. the gold was gold that came from a place called parvaim we don't know where it is Vahaf it and then he, he Covered the house. He he uh, on top of all of, uh, of that of hakorot on the beams hasipim, the lintels Vikirotav, the walls Vidaltotav tav, and the doors are all zahav, ufitach kruvim ala kirot, and then carved in kruvim images of the kruvim. We'll read about the kruvim in a moment. We'll talk about what they are in in at that point on the walls. Vaya bet korashim Now, I have to remember that the Mikdash that we're reading about, which is similar, not exactly, but almost almost exactly to the description that we find in Sefer Malachim, uh, is very, very different than the Mishkan uh, that Moshe was commanded. And we'll see some pieces in the next parak that are just very, uh, very different. As we have to understand, based on the pasuk that we heard at the end of Devarimim Aleph, towards the end, Hakol hashem alai, that David says that he was commanded regarding all of these things, that, that those commands were for the Mishkan, there were certain components that had to be kept in the Mikdash, but otherwise there was a much different uh, approach. Uh, and for reasons that are obvious, that the Mikdash is permanent and is not moving anywhere. Kirot, and then he carved into the walls. Vayasit Beit Kodesh Hakodeshim. Now the Beit Kodesh Hakodeshim is Orko Apre Rochava Bayit Amot Esrim, another twenty. So there's twenty on the west side. That's the Kodesh Hakodeshim. Rochba Amot Esrim, and of course it's twenty wide because the whole building's twenty wide. The Hechal is sixty wide, and the Ulam is twenty wide. So the whole thing is a hundred long, should we say, by twenty wide. Vayichapehu Zahav Tov L'chikarim Karim Sheishmiot. And he covers it with six hundred talents of gold. Even the nails that are used, uh, for that wood that's put into the walls is fifty, uh, shkalim worth of gold. In the upper chambers, he covered with gold. And in the korash korashim, he made two kruvim. Now remember, the kruvim in the mikdash and the mishkan were to be ten tvachim high. Um tzatzuim Ma'asei tzatzuim seems to me that they were, that they were carved nicely. Like, sapuotam they were covered with gold. The chanfea kruvim, what about the wings of these kruvim, whatever they are, and again, in a moment, we'll talk about what they may have looked like. Or kam amot esrim. They are twenty amot long, the, the wings. Knafa chad chamesh. Which means there's two kruvim, each with two wings. So each one has a wing of five amot. So one is chamet magad So one of them touches the wall of the of the bayit. And the other one touches the kanaf of the kruv to its side. The other one is five Magali lekirabayit, what touches the other wall. The other one is five. It holds on. It touches the the wing of the other kuvim. In other words, the kuvim are all facing one direction, and because the wing span, the total between the two of them is twenty amot, it goes from wall to wall. So the total is twenty, and they're all standing up. And facing towards the bite, which means that their back is towards the back wall. Okay, so at this point we should perhaps discuss for a moment what the kruvim are. The word kruv doesn't really have a translation. Um, however, the, the, there's one thing that's clear is that kruvim have legs, and the other thing is that kruvim, these ones that are shaped, have wings. That's in all of the descriptions of kruvim. Um, however, in Yehezkel, uh, there are two passages in Yehezkel describing the Merkava, which is Yehezkel's vision of the Shekhinah leaving the Mikdash and leaving Rishalayim, uh And he describes the Merkava as having different faces. And in one of the descriptions, uh, one of the faces on the on Merkava is a kruv. And in the other description, in Perak the parallel piece instead of the kruv is a shore. Which gives us the impression that a groove ha- it looks like a, like an ox. It actually fits something else that we're going to see in the mikdash of the next parak. Uh and if that's the case, then what you have is something that has the face of an ox and that has wings. Um, and uh and that these uh that these um, Figures are the ones that Akharas Baruch Hu said are to be over the Aaron Habrit. We don't yet read about the Aaron Habrit in this or the next parak, We'll say it further on. Okay. Remember Carmel is that red. So the Parochet to divide between the Kodesh and the Kodesh of Kodeshim, is made out of Tchelet, which is the royal blue and argaman, the royal purple and the red, and the linen, and on the parochet you have the image of Kruvim, and that was in the Mishkan, unlike the walls here that have a description of Kruvim on them. Of course, that was in the Mishkan, because the walls were not permanent in the Mishkan. And in front of the entire house, meaning in front of the Ulam, he made two big pillars, 35 Amot high and there is a top cover uh, that is uh, another 5 Amot so the whole thing is really 40 now the word Dvir is used in Melachim to refer and in other parts of Tanakh to refer to the Kodesh HaKodeshim and here that doesn't fit contextually that's why some have suggested that Dvir should be read as Ravid with what we call sikul otiyot, the letters being exchanged, and a revid means a choker, a chain. So the chain is presented like a choker. And he puts them on top he put them on top of these pillars. So clearly, this is not the Kodesh Kodeshim. And then he made all of these rimonim, pomegranate-shaped decorations, which are on the chains. Vayakim the Talmudim are placed on the Echal and they put the Talmudim in front of the Echal. Achat miyamin vachad mi small one on each side. Hakrashem a yimani Yachin v'shem Smali, Boaz and each one is given a name Yachin and Boaz. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the next podcast with Perik Daled where we continue to read descriptions of Shlomo's building of the Mikdash from the lens through the lens of Sefer Devarim. In the meantime, we'll pause here and wish everybody a wonderful day.